0: take your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 and verse 16, Romans 8, 16, and uh, uh, I'll explain why I'm taking you there here in a minute. Uh, We're in this series called Revive. If you look up the definition of revive, the Bible says in the Old Testament, it says, talks about, revive us, O Lord, this prayer, like revive us, O Lord. The word revive means to recover, repair, restore, to bring back to life. And I think Christians, we we, slow, we, we were so excited about being saved at the beginning and then slowly we, we drift away. The Bible talks about returning back to our first love or stirring back up what God wants to do in our lives. We get apathetic. We get lazy. We allow sin to get in our lives. Last week we were talking about what should be in our lives. If you are saved, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. That's a big deal. If you are saved... The presence of God literally says that he's going to indwell the Christian. We are the temple of God. He comes to live inside of us. I explain what that meant when the Bible talks about the Spirit of God. When you read about the Spirit of God in the Bible, it's not just a mystical... Uh, feeling in the air. The, the, the Bible talks about how it's the ruach of God. That, that The Bible says in the Old Testament that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the, the earth and, and formed that during creation. It was the working of God. You think about that the Spirit of God works. It moves. It changes. It has an effect. It has power. It gives life. The Bible talks about how they, they breathe into the, the nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. It changed. Without the breath of God in the church, it's dead. Without the breath of God in worship, it's dead. Without the breath of God in marriage, it's dead. It's dead. It doesn't work. The Bible gives us this illustration. New Testament talks about you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You study that word Holy Ghost and the power that God says it shall come upon you. It's this dunamis power. It's it's life-changing. It changes things. It's a force. There should be a spiritual force. The Bible talks about greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. It should be that when we come up against spiritual opposition in this world, that the devil is coming up against something greater. It's not me. It's not you. The greater is the Spirit of God that dwells inside of me. Talk about the life-giving power and everything that should be. But then the Bible says in Thessalonians, when we studied last week, it says quench not the Spirit extinguished something you are talking about what should be we talked about what has changed you say well, well we're not seeing the leading of God we're not seeing the fire of God we're not seeing the passion of God we're not seeing the life-giving power we're seeing people struggling we're not seeing people saved and all this then the Bible is is, is encouraging us to examine ourselves to make sure that we are not quenching the spirit of God so I brought you to that passage in Psalms 139 so what do we do we go before God search me O God know my heart Man, our hearts can be so wicked, our hearts can deceive us. You know what I mean by deceive you? Is that our hearts are wicked and deceitful, and who can know what the Bible tells us that, that, that deceiving is the fact that it will sit there and say, You're fine, you're fine, you're good. You go to church, you go through the motions, you give in the offering. Man, you serve, you do this, you do that. And in, in, in reality, what the Bible is talking about is, search me, oh God, see if there's anything wrong. Lord, have I affected, have I hindered our relationship? We're not careful. We're just like all other religions that sit there and make it about religions. A bunch of do's and don'ts. Do this. Show up here. Repeat this. Say this. Do this. It's not what we have. I'm not not driven by religion. I'm driven by relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But do we understand what that means? Do we understand that the motive, and and God worked on my heart, because today I was going to preach. I was actually going to tell you to turn to Psalm 139. I will do that in my next message. But right now, man, I was working in my basement, and I was, I was down there, and I started thinking about search me, search me, and I thought, you know what? The thing about that passage that was so powerful was the fact that it was said by David. You know what? The, the, the driving force of David to say such a prayer was David was a man after God's own heart. David had a drive inside of him of, Lord, is everything okay with us? If you care about somebody, and there's a relationship there, and you have offended them, you know what your thing is? It's like, wait a minute, things are distant. There's not, there's not the relationship, the connection that should be there. So you go to them and say, hey, is everything okay? You know, have I, have I offended you or if, have I upset you because I feel like there's colder, there's distance between us? Why do you do that? You have a relationship. You love them. You want things to be right. You have a relationship. You love them. You want things to be Right? It drives you there. It's the same thing. We sit there and say, man, we want revival in the church. We want things to be right, but sin can get in the way. And all of a sudden, we're sitting there like, I'm okay, or things are all right, or it's not a big deal to me, or, or we can be like this. It's kind of like when your kids get into a fight, and you tell your, your son to go apologize to his sister, and they walk in there and say, I'm sorry. They don't care. It's not from the heart. They don't mean it. They're just going through the motions because it's the right thing to do. You guys know what I'm saying? So all of a sudden, we're like, man, I want the power of God, but we're not willing to sit there and say, search me, oh God, I'm humbling myself. Lord, examine me. Get the junk out. Lord, tell me what's offending you. Motive. Motive. What's, why? I I, I asked the question, why? Why does God want to live inside my heart? Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought, man, like, what? what? I'm a sinner. I mess up. I fail. You know, you know I, I'm, I'm, I'm that, that dumb sheep that's constantly going astray. You know what I'm saying? We're just, what in the world? Why did he choose man? Why does God want me to talk to him so much? Have you ever thought about that? Pray, 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 pray. God wants you to pray. God wants you to Have you ever asked, why? Why? Do you, you realize that? When you talk to somebody, you want to talk to them because you love them. You want to hear from them because you love them. Last night, Logan spent the night at uh, Jordan's apartment uh, up in Hilliard, and and uh, he, I I I couldn't normally go around like I normally do and say goodnight to all of them. So like I'm texting them, you know, like and and the thing is, I'm texting them because I want to hear back. I love you too. Goodnight. It's it's a relationship. It goes both ways. It I, I I I'm connected to them. To be honest. I didn't text any of you guys last night Good night. okay? It's not that I don't care about you, but I didn't do it. There's something about that relationship that I have with my kids that I want to commune, I want to communicate, I want to connect. It happened all the way back from the beginning of Genesis and things. Man, when God created man, God created us for a relationship. That relationship separates us from all other religions. It's not do's and don'ts. God created me in the image of God. I created. You say, what does that mean? It's created in the image of God. doesn't mean that I'm God-like. You know, it's not like, it, it, it means that I, I have the personalities and the characteristics of my God. Let me explain that. He wants to commune with me. He, it's, it's not like you see squirrels in the woods going, oh, dear God. You know, it's, it's different than the other creation. God created me and God created Adam and Eve to walk with him in the garden, to have fellowship with him. God, God would go and spend time with him. There was a connection there. There was joy. There was a relationship. There was, there was passion. There was love that was there. That was at the beginning of it. God created it for that reason. Then sin messed it up. So then God came to restore the relationship. You say, why did he do that? Because God wanted the relationship back, there was distance. Even when God would dwell inside the Shekinah glory of God in the Old Testament, we've talked about this before, in that curtain, when God died on the cross, He rent the curtain in half. Why? He was saying, I don't want there to be separation. I don't want a wall there. The same thing that I, I don't want a wall between me and Jenny. If there's something wrong, I want to go to her and say, What is blocking the relationship? That's my motive. I love her. I want a relationship with her. If I'm not connecting with my kids, I'd go in there and sit in next on their bed or whatever and say, hey, how are you? I love you. What's going on? I care about you. Why? Why do we seek after God? Why should we want the relationship to be revived? Why should we want this working of the Spirit of God in our lives? What is the reason for this? This is so important. Jesus Christ gave us his spirit. Romans 8.16. I know we, we dwelt on these two words, or the, you know, quench not the spirits, and now I'm, I'm starting with the same two words. In Romans 8.16, it says, the spirits. Let me just stop for a minute. That's the presence of God. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit is not a watered down version of my God, it's the very presence of God. The Spirit of God. The presence of God. The power of God. The fire of God. The move of God. The Spirit itself. I think sometimes we read through some things like this. And God's saying, do you, do you know what you have? Do you, do you understand what's inside of you? It's the Spirit itself. It's the very God that created. The very God that has the power. The Spirit itself. Beareth witness. That means to, to, to testify jointly. It, it means to communicate. It means to connect. The Spirit of God itself connects. Watch this with our spirit. The inner man, me, Tony, it's God that created everything itself connects, communicates, communes in my life with me. I was created to work that way. From the very beginning, I was created to have God in my life and I work and able to establish, to be able to go through life with the wisdom of God and the power of God, the communication of God and all these things because at the very beginning, I was created to have God in my life. Without God in my life, it doesn't work. It's the same way you can take a motor out of a car and say, well, it's not working. Well, well there's meant to be a motor right there. It's not a motor right there, so it's not going to work. It's, you, you were created to have a motor there. Christians were created to have God in their lives. To bear witness. Let me put it like the Spirit of God itself speaks to the inner man. The Spirit of God itself connects to the inner man. The Spirit of God convicts the inner man. I don't know if we understand how amazing this is because I think sometimes we're so out of touch. You know, it's like when we're talking or the world talks like this, and they'll sit there and say, "Well, the big guy upstairs, you know, is God out there? God, if you're out there, and God's like, well, if you're a Christian, I'm inside of you. I'm dwelling. I'm connecting. I'm communing with you. It, it comes to light with this. It's it's coming. It's I, I hear worship music, and you know, you talk about the the, the love of God that. It, it, there's no mountain that you won't climb but there's no wall you won't break down coming after me when there's passion like that when there's the love of God it's, it, we, we, we had uh, Corey Hughes' memorial service yesterday we were, played this song at the end of it it's I'm going to wait on you and it's like playing the song about you know, Isaiah when he was talking about they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up on wings of eagles and he said I'm going to wait on you because I need your strength and man you start listening to these words And something happens to us as Christians. A tear starts coming down our face. Responsibly, we we start lifting up our hands, we start being looking up, and you're saying, What is wrong with that weirdo? It's It's just words. No, it's not just words. It's the Spirit of God speaking to my spirit, saying, I love you and I'm here and I'm going with you. You're never alone. You don't have to deal with this by yourself. His spirit bears witness with my spirit, and it reminds me that I am a child of God. It's real. It's active in our lives. It's it's something happens when you do this. Speaks to us, it connects to us. Can I be real? Because I tell you, I think this is so important. This is what the spirit does when it's inside of your life. The confirmation that I am a child of God by the word of God is saying that his spirit will bear witness with my spirit. His spirit will stir my spirit. His spirit will talk to my spirit. That's the evidence of the spirit of God in your life. If you can come to church and nothing ever speaks to you, something's wrong. If you can listen to music about the love of God and the passion of God and the cross and the blood and the forgiveness and your past and your present, what God's done in heaven and hope and nothing ever stirs you, something's wrong. If you are a husband here today and your wife has to constantly drag you to church, drag you into spiritual things, drag you to that and there's no drive, something is wrong. It's not me being judgmental and you say, you don't know my heart. You're absolutely right. I don't know your heart, but I'll tell you what should be in your heart is the Spirit of God. And let me tell you, if he is in your heart, and that's the only way to be saved, if he's in the inner man, let me put it like that. If he's in the inner man, he is going to talk to you. And if there is a silence, it means there's an absence of the Spirit of God. We need to be real about this. We play games and sit there and say, I'm saved and I love God and all this other stuff, but there's no action, there's no conviction, there's no move, there's no stirring, there's no drawing, there's no passion, there's no love. Something is wrong, let's just be real. Because his spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. You sit there and say, you're just, you're just judging. No, I, I think it's important that you know what the word of God says about the evidence of the spirit of God inside of us. This is, this is what he says that it does. I think it's the same thing with teens. If, if, if you are in this church, and you can go through church, and you can go through sin, and you can go through problems, and you're never convicted, you better check your heart. Because the Spirit of God living inside of you is not going to allow sin to constantly be brought into your life and sit back and say, well, I don't care. No, it doesn't. The word bear witness literally means to testify. It means that it's going to speak to you. It's, it's going to testify that I'm here and testify that I love you and testify that, that, that God is working. It's, it's real. Spirit itself bears witness that we, with our spirit, that we are the children of God. Do you know what children of God is? It's a relationship. That's what it's all about. I know I, know I say that. We say this so much. But you realize the reason why i saying relationship, and even with me and Jenny, we have a relationship. We're husband and wife. There's a bond. There's a connection. There's, there's a spiritual bond, an emotional bond. There's, there's something that God created there to be a connection inside of us. She knows that I love her, that we that, that I am her husband because I, I, I talk to her, and there's the communication, the same way that this verse is explaining this. Even even as a dad, I think about the the feelings and desires that I have for my kids. It's because I was made in the image of God, and God created. He said, I'm your heavenly father, and I love my kids. And then now I'm an earthly father, and I love my kids. Do you know where that feeling and that, that desire to come for and to connect with them and to have things right in my life or in our lives, is? This, it, it came from a relationship with God. It was parallel. It was, it was created from that. And as a dad, I desire to have my kids in my life. I desire for things to be right in their life. I desire to spend time with them. As a dad, if something is not right, it bothers me. If something is off, I pursue to make it right. In a relationship like this, my heart bears witness with their hearts. It's a connection that's there. It's the inner bond. It's the way that God created us to be. Why? Because they matter to me. They matter to me. I'm asking us to check our motives. Why are we doing this? It's it's all based on a relationship with God. And if we dare start making it like, well, I'll say this prayer, I'll repeat this or whatever, then you've, lost, you, you've skipped a step because you've skipped the connection that God has to the spirit and the inner man that God created to have through salvation. Turn back just a couple of pages to Romans 5, verse 5, and I'm, I'm going to go back and forth between these passages, but I want you to see what the Bible is saying about the spirit of God. And the Bible says in Romans 5, which is a verse, passage about salvation, it's a passage about the working of God in our lives. It's a passage about the love. This word love right here is the first time love's mentioned in the book of Romans. You've got wrath and justice and, and redemption and all that other stuff. And then we get to love. And he wants us to know, I want you to know what the motive of this is. I can tell you what our motive should be back to God, but I, I want to start with his motive for us. Why, why should we pursue a relationship with God or why should we make sure things are right with God? And hope maketh not ashamed, because listen to this, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which was given to us. He, he literally says about salvation, he said, this is what salvation is. We sit there and say, I'm saved and on my way to heaven. Salvation is more a ticket than a ticket into heaven. You realize when you got saved, you got the Spirit of God. Well, guess what God did? He said, when I gave you the Spirit of God, it was kind of like a wedding. It's like, well, I got married. Well, that wedding should be saturated with what love is about. Commitment and passion and and, and love and romance and all these things. God literally said, when you got saved, this is what I did. I poured out my love on you. That's what that passage is saying. it's shed abroad, it's poured out on you. So man, when, when, when you accept that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you understood the cross. The cross was about the love of God. You understood salvation. Salvation is about the love of God. If you are saved today, it's because of the love of God. So here's the first motivation. Why do we seek after God? Number one, because He loves you. He loves you. Isn't that the basis of every relationship? Whether it's children or marriage or mom or dad or whatever it is, you at the, the foundation of why you do what you do, you, you love them. You love them. His motive for coming to us is that he loves us. His motive for dying on the cross is that he loves us. Have we gotten so numb to John three sixteen? 16? Now, I know the Bengals are playing. You'll be able to see the signs up in the bleachers. Somebody's going to have it. Just look for it today when you watch the game, John three sixteen. 16. We, ha- we have it. We, we, we quote it. We say it. We do it all the time. For God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Did I say anything wrong? Nope. See, I left out two word or two letters. And I think the two letters are so important. Because it's for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I I, I could put it like this God loves you so much. It's not just that he loves you. There's a lot of things that I love. I love coffee. Okay, I love coffee. But if you're going to talk about the relationship that I have with my kids, if you're going to talk about the passion that I have with for my kids and my spouse, for Jenny, I, I, I'm going to say I love them so much. There's a drive there. There's a there's a pursuit there. There's there's a connection there. For God so loved the world, I get this as a dad when. When I love my kids so much, it's, it's, it's not an obligation to tell them. It's not an obligation to talk to them. It's not an obligation when things are wrong and, and like, hey, is everything okay? It's, I'm going to go to them because I love them and I want things to be right. God loved you so much that he poured, according to Romans 5, 5, because the love of God was shed abroad in our hearts. Man, that love that the Bible is talking about is that agape love. Man, that's that unconditional, it's not a matter of what you do for me the matter that i loved you so much and while you were yet sinner christ died for you you had nothing to offer god it started with this drive of unconditional love that god had for us he wants us according to romans 5:5 5, 5, the love of god that was shed abroad in our hearts but what did he do by the holy ghost he literally said i'm going to step into your life put it like this i'm going to have a relationship with you man i love you Shed abroad in our hearts. That he gave us the Holy Ghost Did because he had to? No. Which was given to us? Man, he's like, man, I love you. Man, I love you. At the foundation of our prayers should be, dear God, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Dear God, I love you. It's, search me, oh God, not because I have to. Because, God, I love you. If I, if I go to my spouse and if I go to Jenny, I'm talking to her, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start like, baby. I love you. Is everything okay? He there and said, well, you better do that because you're obligated according to your vows. No, I'm going to do that because I love her. It's a relationship that I have with her. God gave us the Holy Spirit. He wants all these things to be alive and living in our lives. He wants there to be conviction because he loves us. And he wants to guide us because he loves us. He wants what's best in my life. He, he wants me to read the Bible because the Bible tells me how to live life right. And, and he wants my life to be right. You know why? Because he loves me. It's the love of God. Why do we do this? Because he loves me. But number two, because this is personal with God. N- notice it says in Romans eight 16, we'll go back and forth. It says the spirit itself, his spirit, beareth witness with our spirit, my spirit. Do you realize how personal that is with God. Now, now let me say how important this is, because here's what happens when we're talking about revival, or things getting off, or things declining in society. The world really, really needs God. Man, our next generation really needs Jesus. Man, our government really needs a touch of God. You know what I'm talking about? It's all <clears throat> out. It's all others. Man, we're, we're, we're easily talking about what's happening and God's saying that the connection that should be there is he says your spirit connects with my spirit. It's, it's personal with God. You, you realize I was talking the illustration about texting my kids. I didn't text all of you. But I texted my kids. I went to my kids. I went to my wife. I have a personal connection to my family. I have a personal bond with my family. And I think how, excuse me, how important this is. <clears throat> Sorry. How important this is, is we're going through life. And I think about the next generation. One day, every teenager is going to stand before God. Can, did, did you guys hear me? Every, and it's not going to be like in our world today where it's like, mom, will you explain this to him? No, God's going to say every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Do you all understand how important it is in our culture today and our generation today that you understand that it's not about your mom and dad driving you to church, but when you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and he awakens your mind, it's about you having a relationship with God. It's about teenagers understanding that God wants what's right in my life. This is personal to God. It's not just a matter of I'm doing things because I don't want my mom and dad to find out. Or I'm doing things because they'll get mad at me if I don't go to church or if I don't go to youth group or whatever. But it it changes in your mind when you realize that God wants a personal relationship with you. And the reason being is because God doesn't want your life to fall apart or for sin to come into your life because God knows that sin hurts you. It's a personal relationship with God. It's about us. This is how personal God made it in James 4.4. When he was talking about it, he says, "You adulterers and adulteresses." Says, "Man, what 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 a what a way to open this passage." He's talking. He says, "Know you not that your friendship with the world is enmity with God?" Do you, do you, he says, "You don't understand that it bothers me." Same way, if I was flirting with some girl off to the side, and Jenny was like. Tony, do you not understand that your friendship with that girl it bothers me? So why is it? Because we have a relationship, and, and it should bother me that I it bothered her. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. He gives this illustration of cheating and saying, if we love God and then we love the things of the God more than the things of, or we love the things of the world more than God, then there's something wrong. Let me illustrate it like this. I don't have anything fancy except my water bottle. My sin in my life. It's this is this quenches the spirit of God when I have sin in my life, and so Jesus knew that the sin had to be dealt with in order for God to come and live inside of my life. So, so the Bible talks about sin that the fact that He died on the cross for it. That's what He loved. Well, why did He die on the cross? We're asking the question why? Because He loves me. Well, because He loves me, He wanted that which was wrong out of my life. So Jesus Christ came to die to what? To forgive our sins to cast it as far as the east is from the west. We we know the verses. So God came to take it out of the way so that I could have a relationship with God. You talk about flirting or going back, but then we sit there and we drift in our relationship with God. We get caught up in entertainment. We get caught up in work. We get caught up in money. We get caught up in all these things. And before long, we're not in our Bibles. We're not seeking after God. We're not asking for revival. We're, We're not doing the things of God. We slowly drift from that, and we pick back up some of those things that God saved us from. It's the same thing about the jealousy of things. And God's looking at us and saying, do you not understand what I did? I died to set you free from that. And the understanding that this in my life, if I have lust in my life, or I have bitterness in my life, or I, I, I have greed or whatever it is that we all struggle with, and I, I sit there and God, knowing that that offends God and I keep it, that, that quenches my relationship with God. The same way if that was a girl that I was flirting with, it would quench my relationship with God. So God takes it out of our lives so that we can have that. that. That is what's happening in our culture today. That's what's happening in our church culture today. Is we, we are drifting away. The Bible says that we have to return back to our first love to get back to the relationship that we have, understanding what this is so all about. Romans 5.5 The love of God which is the love and the passion the relationship with God that's shed abroad in our hearts. That's connection with man by the Holy Ghost, which is what we quench. We hurt our relationship with God with sin. So here's the third reason because sin hinders our relationship. When sin separated us from God, God took action. God was passionate about this. I'll tell you, he was so passionate about it. Man, that when he saw sin in our life, God took action. It bothered him because sin separates us and sin hurts us. Sin bothers God because sin hurts us. Sin bothers God because sin hurts us. It hurts our relationship. I said this before. We can make it about religion where we start going into do's and don'ts. You know, we, we say this sometimes. We joke about like, oh, you go to a Baptist church Oh, so you guys don't do this, and you don't do that, and you don't do You know what I'm talking about? You, you guys are here. people like that? Oh, Baptists, they, do, they don't do this. They don't cuss, and they get upset about this and that, and all these different things. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. When, when did we make this about a list of do's and don'ts? It's about offending our God and having sin in our life that he died to take out of our lives because he died to make it right. I can say this, and you guys will know what I mean by this. I hate cancer. I hate it. I hate the mention of it. I, hate, I, I just talked to somebody right before the service who came up to me and telling me that they were going back in for treatments, and just, I just, I hate it. it when, when cancer was diagnosed in my son's life, I didn't sit there and say, well, I, 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 we, we've got vacation plans, so we really don't have time for treatments, and I mean, we're really busy, and, and with my schedule, whatever, you, you guys know what I did. I went in full force of whatever it takes, you know what I wanted? No matter what it takes, no matter what it costs. They were sitting there the times I threw and says, well, this might cost money out of your own pocket. We're like, we don't care. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Here's the thing. When sin is in my son's life and I know sin will hurt them, I just want it out. I want it out. I want it out. Want it out. Do you understand that sin in the Christian's life is like cancer? You leave it there, it's going to mess us up. You leave it there, it's going to hinder us. You leave it there, it causes problems. And God came to die on the cross for us, listen, it, it personally bothered him. Romans 5, 6. Take this in context of what we're talking about. For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Let's just lay out the love of God when we're talking about it. You had no ability to fix it of yourself. When you were without strength, when you had no possibility of fixing it of yourself, You sit there and it's like, well, I go to church and I do good and I try to be a good person. God says, none of that is enough. When you were without strength, when you couldn't handle it of yourself, you couldn't do it. He came to me. He died for me. It was personal to God. It's passionate with God. For scarcely for a righteous man, one will die. Maybe you find somebody that's done really good. Somebody might die for him. Yet, per adventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God, <clears throat> he commended his love towards us. <clears throat> he poured out his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died to take away the sin in our life because God... You say, why, why, why? We're answering the question, Why? He did it because he loves you. He did it so his spirit could connect with your spirit. He did it so that God could be working in your life. He did it so things would be right. He did it so that there would not be a separation. He did it because he loves you. He did it because he loves you. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. He brings it into salvation. He removed what separated us. He removed what hurt us. He took it out of the way so that we could be right. So that we could have the fullness of God and the fullness of spirit. But then it goes full circle back to us. Man, he loves us. It's personal with God. But then I get, it is sin and he wants it out of the way. He wants it out of the way. But then God gives us this thing where it's, I love him because he first loved me. It's not an obligation. It's not religious ceremony. It's not, it's not something that I have to do. It's something that I get to do. It's because it should matter to us. When we were enemies, we were reconciled by God to the death of his son. Sacrifice that he did, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. I tell you that you accepted Jesus Christ. It was like a union. He came to live inside of your life. He begins to speak to you and work in you. And he grabs you by the hand. And he's walking through life. And it's like Adam and Eve all over again. And he's leading you in the path of righteousness for his namesake. And he's pulling out and he's transforming you. Because he wants to sin out of his life so that you can be close. That he can fill you with all the things that he has for you. And eventually we start pulling away begin the drift from God. We begin to be broken people and, 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 and powerless services and empty lives and all these things happen. But God doesn't give up on us. God pursues the relationship to restore it. God speaks through services and speaks through music and he speaks through Christians, speaks through what he's doing right now to pull us back together because he wants what verse 11 is all about. And not only so, It's not just about your salvation. It's not just about not going to hell, but we also joy in God. Have we lost that part? Have we lost the concept that I love him and I'm drawn to him and I want to pray to him and I want to get things right because I find a relationship that is filled with joy with my God. Not an obligation, not I have to do this, but I joy in God. I joy in what he's doing. It's, 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 it's driven both ways. It's a mutual thing. We love him because he first loved us. Revelation, when he says, I, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. When we pull away, and all of a sudden we start going over, and this is the truth. We start picking up things, and we work so much that we, have no, we don't have time for God or church. We get so wrapped up in sports that we don't have time for devotion and praying and reading and, and wanting God. We don't, we don't have time for these things. We get so caught up in, in being strung out in our bills that we have to pay for so many things because we live out of our means that we don't have time to give and show God our love back. We're cheating on God. We filled our lives with so many things. Then we can spend five hours on the couch with Netflix that we don't have. We we, we complain about not having time for for life group and Bible study and prayer groups. We wonder why we're struggling in life today. See, I'm asking the question of why. Why would we pray the prayer, search me, O God? Why would we pray and ask God to work in our life? Why would it? Because it needs to come from the thing that we love him. He first loved us. That passionate pursuit that he had for us, we respond to it. It's not an obligation. I'm not a slave. I'm not a servant. I'm not, not saying that I'm not a servant to God, but I'm saying at the core of the relationship, as I, I am his child and he is my dad, and I come to him and I want things to be right, and there's the relationship that God meant for there to be. Do you love God? Do you see what he's done and what he wants? He's saying, give me your sin and search my heart, oh God. It's a matter of I want things to be right between me and you because I love you as my child.